nuclear. Is that your introduction? (laughs) Can it be? (laughs) It is now. Uh, Hello, everyone. Happy Wednesday and welcome (laughs) to Wednesday Up Late. We are your hosts. I am Chloe. And I am Glenjamin. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is uh, Wednesday Up Late where we talk about movies and we have fun banter and opinions that people like to catch us out on. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we like to also play some fun games as well. So if you are new here, welcome. Hi. Welcome to you. Welcome to the shit show. Um, if you are a returning listener, s- still welcome. But also, thanks for coming back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I feel like Chloe um almost forgot the name of the show at the start there. Probably, uh, almost. Uh, I'm here. <laughs> it's fine though. Uh, <laughs> uh, now we are a podcast, and we also are a vodcast where you can watch us. However. We do love it if you would listen to us um, because we do sound extra good um, on Newsly, mm-hmm. um, which is an awesome app, and you can find them on newsly.me. Um, if you want to sign up that way, it is uh, an awesome app where you can listen to news articles and podcasts, anything that kind of tickles your fancy when you're on the go, you're busy, you just want to pop your air for, AirPods in and go for gold. We love them and um, because they love us too, hopefully, I think they do, (laughs) they give us an awesome special code, uh, Wednesday up late, all one word, that uh, if you would like to upgrade your service to premium, you can do so for a whole month. It's awesome. Dun, dun, da. Da. Well done. I love it. Glenn, call- how are you? Are you good? Good, 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 good. I'm great. I'm having a good time here. Um, I've only just Y'all having only, a good time. It's only just started. As you can see, I've got like a nice neo-lit disco background. and It is. It's very Barbie. Calming. It's very Barbie. Very Barbie. Yeah. Love it. Pink is, you know, obviously my favourite. And I do uh, love pink. So- <laughs> Don't we all? Yes. Uh, <laughs> we have a very fun week. We have some fun games that we're going to play tonight. Are you still on um, script? <laughs> no, I'm not, but I am just kind script? of, I'm being professional, oh, dude. okay. <laughs> really? God, for once in my life, can you let me just be professional? For once in her life, she's trying to be professional. <laughs> I watched some movies this week. Oh, okay. Excellent. That's a good place to start. It is a really good place to start. I did a cheeky little rewatch while I was colouring my hair this weekend. Thanks for noticing. Um, <laughs> we've been talking about it so much over the last couple of months that I saw it there on Amazon Prime and I had to watch Tropic Thunder again. Okay. <laughs> you went back to the well. I had to. I yeah. had to. It was there. Um, I don't know. For some reason, it was a lot better than I remember. It appreciates um, and I think I appreciated it a little bit more in terms of the RDJ side and his Australian accent now that I've seen <laughs> Natural Born Killers. Yes. Um, it just takes it to a whole new level, you know. Yeah. So I, was, I, I definitely appreciated it more from that uh, perspective. Fantastic film that manages to to completely evade all the controversy that continues to be thrown at it and it just it keeps trucking and that's a good thing and yeah i i love it i think it's a fantastic film and the more like the the more mature you get the more you grow up the more you appreciate the themes behind it the more war films that you watch the more media you are exposed to the more you know about hollywood that film just resonates so hard it does and i think they meant they meant to do that as well 
And what I didn't um, realize that it was written by Justin Thoreau mm-hmm. as well. I did. I didn't even realize that. He wrote which, the Zoolander films too. Yeah, yeah, didn't know that either. He's um, fuck. He's funny. He's so funny. I was yeah. devastated when they cancelled um, Mosquito Coast after season two, which is an Apple Plus show that he is in with Melissa George, and it's it was like one of three favorite shows of the last five years and yeah, they well. leave season two on a cliffhanger only to discover it's been fucking yeah, <gasps> just that it. sucks Devastating. i hate that so don't, don't even bother starting that because it doesn't end <laughs> like it's, it's so good that you are so gutted when you you've got nowhere else to go with that yeah well that's fair i might still watch it anyway just to see what you're harping on about <laughs> yeah. watch the harrison ford helen mirren movie version back in 1985 86 that's a bit that's that's okay. even better still yeah. Okay, fair. Um, I like just it. you know, because Justin Thoreau and Louis Thoreau are cousins, right? Yes. And um, Louis Thoreau's dad wrote the novel for Mosquito Coast, and that's why wow. Justin Thoreau is in the TV series. Like it's all connected. Uh, you know, keeping a bit of a, it in the family. Bit of trivia there for you people. I thought Justin pronounced himself not Justin. Louis pronounced his last name Thoreau. He pronounces it several ways. He's been questioned. I have heard him questioned on that, and he's like, either or. Like, it's, you know, it's the he same doesn't name. really care. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. Because yeah. it kind of Louis Theroux kind of sounds yeah. better in my I ears. I mean, that's anyway. like I said to, to Ben on, on the podcast the other day. Um, You know, people pronounce my name differently as well because I've got one in and two in. So it's either Glenn or it's Glenn. And it's just whichever one you want to use, <laughs> you're welcome to. Well, that's a lot easier than my name where people call me Chloe, but people also call me Chol. So, well, especially yeah, if they in, in fairness, you, you, kind of, you kind of have three names that you put across social media. So that's true. True. I do people. prefer Chol. So Chol? if you could call Chol. me Chol from All now right. on, that'd be great. Welcome to Wednesday uh... up late with Glenn and Chol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess it's time for our first game. If you say so, let's do I it. do say so. So get with it. Mm. We're bringing it back to an old classic. Um, we've chopped it down a little bit because I feel like four was a little bit of overkill sometimes. So we've gone for two this time and we've switched up even more. So we are playing Filmathon, mm-hmm, yes. which was quite controversial with our uh, <laughs> well, podcast the first time round. first time it was for sure because you yeah. didn't you didn't grasp the, uh, the concept. No, <laughs> I didn't. It was a tricky time for me. I rolled with it. And I think it, I'm it, it a better person for it. It might have had something to do with the fact also that you curated Twilight into this fantastic, <laughs> otherwise fantastic <laughs> filmathon. And I think you even said something to the effect of it's brilliant. It's just brilliant. And that might have I gotten... stand by that <laughs> I think it's brilliant. I've relinquished the fact that everyone else agrees with me. Okay. All right. All right, All right filmathon, let's do it. Um so, this week we've given each other uh, themes to to yes. do because quite often movie marathons do have a theme that connect all the films whether it's a filmmaker itself or it might just be like a topic or whatever so we're going to do that I've thrown two at you you've thrown two at me and let's see how we go who's all going right to well go? the f- the first one I threw at you well the first two that I threw <laughs> at you you didn't love um and you told me to make it more challenging so I did. Um, and my first, <laughs> the first one I threw at you, what was it? Uh, classic old school musicals. Oh, yes. The actual ones I'm going with, you mean? Yes. I was say, yeah, the actual asking, ones. I was going to say, if you're asking me to recall the original ones that you pitched at no. me, I, I can't remember. I've deleted those. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. So why don't you go first? Okay. Uh, so old school, old school musicals. Okay. So I've gone, obviously I've got four films here, uh, two of which are 
classic old school musicals and then two of which uh, relate to classic old school musicals. So okay, the first one I'm going with is The Jazz Singer. So that's 1927 that was made. Wow. And yep. the, the significance of that being it's the very first talkie movie. So you had the silent era and then suddenly sound came along. And uh, the jazz singer was that first film, and it's a it's a it's a great film. Like it's a it's a film that I I, I respect that not a lot of people would want to go back and watch unless you're a real you know cinephile. But I'm going to kickstart it there, and then follow that up with Singing in the Rain, so 1952. Mm-hmm. And the reason Singing in the Rain not only is it possibly the greatest musical of all time, I always am an art whether that or Wizard of Oz are the greatest musicals of all time. Very tricky one, but Singing in the Rain relates to the jazz singer because it's featured in the movie because. Singing in wow. the Rain is set in Hollywood at the time where they cross over from silent to talkies. Wow. And the studios in the film are all talking about the jazz singer's doing this, the jazz singer's doing that, and they've got to emulate that. So there's a connection between those two. So I thought, let's do a little bit of a thread. That's the first one. But then for number three, we're going with a movie in from 1999, and it's called Topsy Turvy. Have you heard of this one? No. It is fantastic. Uh, it stars Jim Broadbent and... You go into it and there's a whole cavalcade of, of other stars. And it's all, it's like a, a fanciful retelling true story of Gilbert and Sullivan. So the guys that wrote South Pacific and, you know, all those mm-hmm. classic, you know, musicals from the, I uh, was it the 40s, 50s, you know, and into the 60s. Uh, and it's it's got a very Moulin Rouge kind of feel to it. It is, um, it's all really, really like elaborate, that. bright, colourful costume designs lots of top hats and curly mustaches and that sort of thing. And it's just great. They go into like the Mikado when they made the Mikado, you know, we are gentlemen of Japan, all that kind of stuff. Just wonderful. And then I'm going to follow that up with uh, Robert Altman's Prairie Home Companion, which is a movie from 2006. Wow. And this one is, I mean, once again, Robert Altman just packs everyone he can possibly wrangle from Hollywood. He packs them into his movies. That's sort of what he does. And this was the last movie I think he made as a director before he passed away. Um, and it is all set in a theatre called the Prairie Home Companion. It's a radio show that is broadcast live. So it's set in like the 1920s or 30s, something like that. And the Prairie Home Companion was a real, or maybe even still is, a real radio show. So they're actually dipping into real life to reenact something that does exist, but in a very comical way. And it is just all set on the one stage. A little bit of it's behind the scenes of that stage, but it is essentially country folk um uh, what do you call it? Yeah, country folk acts that come out and just sing for an audience and to the world through, you know, those old school microphones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the music in the in it is like some of it's original, some of it's like classic songs. You've got, I think, Woody Harrelson's in there. I, I'm, I'm blanking out on the cast. But if you look at the poster alone, you'll just see how many amazing people are in there, uh, young and old. Um, is Taylor Lautner in there? I don't know. Someone along those lines is in there. But Prairie Home Companion, I thought Topsy Turvy and that go together very nicely. Jazz singer singing in the rain, and it's yeah. There you go. There's my my old school classics musicals. Wow, that's a that's a very eclectic type of lineup, and I like it. Yeah, I do. However, I've kept this close to myself for a very very long time. Hmm. I need to admit something. All right, you haven't seen Singing in the Rain. I've never seen Singing in the Rain. Well, this is, well, that's, that's, I mean, I would otherwise say that's a very guilty admission, but that's not, that's an exciting admission because when you watch this film, you will actually think I've just witnessed the greatest musical of all time for the first time. Like it is that good. It is yeah, that I'm, good. I'm kind of, um, I don't know. I've, 
I haven't put it on because it is hyped up so much. Yeah. You it know does, what I mean? It lives up to it, though. It does live up to it. And you love your yeah. classic musicals, right? Absolutely. And Absolutely. You will, and when you watch it, you'll understand how many films, let alone musicals, have derived from it. Like, Yeah. And I've got a basic understanding of that. And I know... And I know, but it's just never been that right time for me, <laughs> you know. Enough. And um, I've <laughs> I've not tell, told many people that. <laughs> now you've told because the world. it is. It's a really guilty. For yeah. some reason, I feel like I get that. Fuck! I should have seen that, and yeah. I just yeah. Do you know? Um, there's there's a podcast that we've been toying with. We haven't done yet. It's Ben's idea. Um, we may produce it at some point in time. It'll be a short event, sort of you know, short lived series. But he wants to do a a podcast about films that we haven't seen that we should have and we're talking major major films that everyone else has seen but we haven't so man i'm gonna be your number one guest because <laughs> whether compared it's... to you guys i've seen but, but i'm talking like big things like it might be um star wars it might be you know oh, okay really big ones that you really mm -hmm. if you're if you do what we do for a living you really should know should have should have seen, have seen it, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah that may be coming still but Wow, I like it. I like it. Cool. All right. Shall I uh, go for my first one? Yeah. So I gave you, I think the first theme I gave you was beach. Beach themed. Yep. It's a very broad mm -hmm. theme, which was great for me so uh, because I could take it any which way I liked. Yep. Um, And I decided to, you know, stick with a beach ish mm -hmm. theme and pick movies that I hopefully think will go well together, but kind of break it up. Right. as well um i think i've gone more of the comedy route as cool. well because cool. just to keep it a little bit more lighthearted. so mm -hmm. my first one and i don't know if it would go okay so i'm going to preface this by saying that <laughs> i love all of these movies but i don't know if i would watch them in this order i haven't kind of fully committed to an order well maybe that we I would can play these as, in. We, as you go so all right okay so for my beach theme my first one i have is weekend at bernie's Incredible. because obviously Incredible. Incredible. Obviously. <laughs> it's... And I mean, if it was me, I'd back that up with Be Weekend at Bernie's 2, of course. Yes. I don't want to I don't want to do back to back. All right, fair enough. Sequels. I want to break it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um all right, so my second one would be Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Ah. Awesome. Now, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, not technically a beach movie, but it is based in Hawaii, mm -hmm. very beachy sort of themes. Yep. This movie personally for me, whenever it's on the television, I have to stop and watch it. <laughs> yep. It's it's just one of those ones that I just cannot go past. Mm -hmm. It's always like a go-to. It's just uh, just the combination of all the characters and who play them and and, yep. and all of it together. I just it just makes me happy, you know? I would then choose Baywatch <laughs> because who doesn't want to see Zach Efron without his shirt on? Yep, no fair. It's a good movie too. I don't need to explain any further than that, I don't think. Um, and then my last one would be Fifty First Dates because I would be remiss if I didn't put an Adam Sandler movie in there. Sure. Um, and Sean Astin in a mesh um, tank top is just such comedy gold. You've got a good point there. Um, interesting lineup. Very interesting. I don't think there is it a is right or wrong order to put those in. I, mm. I think that order's probably fair. I think that's a fair order. I think so. I think it starts starts it off, you know, and builds and builds and builds. But I <laughs> so TikTok's going to hate me for this. I did have Castaway in there. I did have Castaway in there, but with all the other ones, I didn't feel like that. No, see that? No, 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 yeah, I know what you're saying, but that's kind of the fun of some movie marathons where um, 
even if you had cast away in something else a bit serious and then you threw in a comedy, like it's a palate cleanser. Like it really. Yeah, but that's what I tried to do with Twilight and I got fucking ripped to shreds. No, 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 but like, yeah, it's it's still got to. Yeah, it's still got to yeah. make sense. Anyway, <laughs> Castaway was on there, but it got the it got the flick for Weekend okay, at Bernie's because cool. it mean, was it, either that or Weekend at Bernie's. Castaway like... 2 would come more in a survivalist type of movie marathon. Yeah, I think so as well. I feel like it's a bit long as yeah, well for those good. other ones where they're like they're quick, funny okay. ones. Mm. Awesome. Now, I was thrilled with the next one you threw at me. Like this one really. Oh, yeah? Yeah, this one excited me. I thought it was very clever. So you've asked me to do Wes Anderson-esque movies. Yes. So movies that are not Wes Anderson, but kind of fit that type of filmmaking. Right. Yeah. Okay. So... I wanted to, I was really interested to see what you'd come up with here. Uh, is this because like you're keen to watch movies that are like Wes Anderson, but are not Wes Anderson? Kind of, but also, <laughs> like, I tried to think of the most challenging thing I could, and that's what I came up with. No, it, it's, it's good. Like, it, to be honest with you, it really appealed to my sensibilities. Like, it got my imagination thinking, and I came up with some beauties here. So nice. I could have kept going. I could just kept going with this one. Um, so I'm starting off with an, Austra- with an Australian film that came from 2015, and it's called Girl Asleep. And okay. it is a wonderful movie. Actually, a guy, the guy in it... Um, is like a very much like an Edward Cullen type of character actor, um, like Robert Patterson type of actor who was in Twin Peaks, the reboot series. I wish I could remember his name. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, Girl Sleep, it's a very fanciful type of movie about um, high school and a girl in high school that has an imagination and um, and she when she dreams, she goes off to this fantasy land and it's made up of like cardboard cut out trees and um you know the the clouds are like on sticks and they move in the background that kind of thing yeah and it's a wonderful film i'm not doing it any justice it's got a real strong musical component to it as well um and it's produced by this little theater company from adelaide that do these type of productions for real and this was their attempt to make a feature film and i just think it is the most delightful thing um yeah, so what I'll actually do for this video, I'm going to put the poster up on the screen so that mm-hmm. um, people can see what I'm talking about. It's fantastic. But I'm going to back that up with um, Amelie, the French film from 2001. Oh, which yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love. Um, it is, once again, it's, a, it's about a woman that just sees the good in the world and it's very fantasy-based and every little detail in her life and in, in society she can find something positive about, whether it's a cherry on top whether it's the glisten in the water, whether it's, you know, just something, the, the ding of a bicycle bell, everything to her is magical. And I think that's a beautiful film. Um, we've had the director on the show to talk about it, to be honest with you, on uh, Good Movie Monday. Wow. So if you if you love Amelie and, and French cinema, go back and have a listen to that. It's a really good interview. A uh, little bit of a, a communication barrier, though, because he's French and uh, had a... Mm. He, like, in, in, you know, he's broken English, but he had a translator there. And it was a, yeah, it was a challenging... Uh, conversation for me <laughs> and then the next one um there's a film from australia 1988 it's called ricky and pete and this is from nadia tass the director of the big steel which i've been trying to get chloe to watch for the longest time mm-hmm. and malcolm she made malcolm which is that movie with the car that splits in half and it's iconic and this one kind of flew under everyone's radar because she'd done two amazing films back to back um actually this one came before the big steel she'd done malcolm Maybe this was after Malcolm, but expectations were very high for her to produce another Malcolm. Ricky and Pete's what she did. And it feels very similar. It's about a a guy that's a a crazy inventor and a musician at the same time, comes up with all these contraptions, and then he 
he has his sister and they go for a massive road trip into the center of Australia and just meet characters along the way. But it's got quirky. I feel like I've seen this. It's got quirky Wes Anderson-esque things like, because he's an inventor and things are kind of quirky, they're driving this little car and he puts like an armchair on the roof and can steer it from the roof with ropes. And I feel like I have seen this. Yeah, it is. Just yeah. A, I think it's a wonderful film. And what's really tragic about it is that you can't get it in Australia. Like I have it on DVD, but I have to import it from the UK or, or When America. did this come out? Yeah, 1988. I feel like I've seen this. Possibly. It used to get a yeah. lot of airtime on television, like, you know, midday movies or like yeah. Friday night movies and things like that. But it just yep. fell by the wayside and it's never spoken about anymore. And Nadia Tass has gone on to make other great films. And Ricky and Pete just sort of, yeah, no one knows oh, it. So Ricky and Pete Ricky is and another Pete. one. And I'm going to end it with uh, Michelle Gondry's Human Nature. This is a movie with uh, Risa Farns, Patricia Arquette, Tim Robbins, um, and Michel Gondry is a music video director from France that's very quirky and he made movies like um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Um, he made the new TV show Happiness or Happy, whatever it's called, the Jim Carrey one. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Human Nature, though, is all about um, a guy played by Risa Farns that has grown up his entire life living with wolves in the wilderness and this kind of mad doctor, mad scientist sort of finds him and then tries to reintroduce him into the human world, but obviously he brings all of the canine traits with him. Mm-hmm. So trying to put him in a suit, but he still cocks his leg and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, it is, it's so ludicrous, but it's so creative and fun. And Patricia Arquette plays sort of like the doctor's assistant, I think, that falls in love with him. And and mm-hmm. and he, you know, he, he sniffs her instead of kissing her and all this kind of stuff. Like, and it's just <laughs> crazy, but it's very much along the lines of Wes Anderson movie. So. There we go. There's wow. mine. Girl Asleep, Amelie, Ricky and Pete, Human Nature. I'm very impressed yeah, by your thanks. lineup there. Yeah, <laughs> I was really interested to see what you where you would go with that. Good mm, job. Thanks. Good job. So what did I give you next? I gave you... You gave me country. Yeah. Country road, take me home. Um, This was an interesting one because, again, I could have gone any which way with that and I was at first leaning towards maybe kind of Western, spaghetti (laughs) Western type things. And then I kind of reined myself in again and I kind of went down the comedy path again. Yeah, it's my go-to. It makes me happy. It's what I like. And I'm making a -a film-a-thon that I I would want to watch. So lay it on me. All right. So I want to see if you could guess what I I picked. But the first one I picked. (laughs) Okay. Blazing Saddles. (laughs) even though it makes me very uncomfortable to watch why i just because it's not so pc these days i get that little sort of gut ball in my in my Ah, stomach and i'm just like you you know like you should be like that's toe in the line it's funny don't get me wrong it's funny but I, it just it makes you know me what, cringe though, right? a little bit. Let's just look, stick on that for a moment because it's a fantastic conversation to have, and and it's because Blazing Saddles finds itself in the spotlight a lot now with the TikTok culture and people wanting to mm-hmm. cancel everything. Right. The thing is, what not not you, but what a lot of Gen Z don't understand when they're criticizing this film is the context of the film. And it was even edgy at the time. And it was written by Richard Pryor, who was the biggest black comedian yeah. on the planet. Mm-hmm. And did Gen Z not think that they know they're stepping over the line? Like, that's precisely the point. Like A lot a lot of, uh, you know, people like to speak before they think. 
Um, yeah. I do it. Everyone does it. I understand that. But they they take it. To, I'm not Gen Z. I just need to make that perfectly yeah, clear. Not. That's why I said um, that. I'm a millennial. Um, I just I need. I, I don't know. It it it's made to. That movie was made, I think, to make you feel uncomfortable a little bit. Yep. And it it just means it's doing its job. It's the same it's with the producers. Mel Brooks was fantastic. Absolutely. Breaking down barriers between races. Um, the people that, you know, that come off bad because of all the controversial things that come out of their mouth are the people that look bad, like in the movie. Like it doesn't pan it's out. It's the well. character. It's, yeah, the, it it's the character. Nothing yeah. bodes well for I those completely people. get it. Anyway. I completely get it. And that's why I chose it though, because cool. it does its job. It does awesome. what it intends to do. It's Sounds a great right. film. It's it is. fucking hilarious. Yeah. But it does its job and it does make me internally cringe a little bit. So <laughs> well, there you go. that's why I picked it. Wicked. My next one, again, I'm going to preface this by saying not in this particular order, but maybe in this particular <laughs> order. Yeah. Ridiculous Six had to make their way in there. Of course. That, um, that's going to get you the ire of um, TikTok for sure, particularly when you're backing up Blazing Saddles with Ridiculous Six. Like, you know I like Ridiculous Six a lot, but that's like a, that's, that really is a proverbial slap in the face to Mel Brooks by putting them side by side. Well, it doesn't have to go side by side. This is what no, I mean. In, in the same lineup, like in the same fucking oh, universe. No. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, of course yeah. they belong in the same universe. No, they don't. But okay, <laughs> continue. Fight me on it. Um, all right, so Ridiculous Six, because, again, we all know the reasons. Um, next would be Smokey and the Bandit. Excellent. Another one that, you know, just would not be made today because of its content, mm-hmm. particularly the Jackie Gleason stuff. But I tell you, oh, just love that film. I just love a good that movie. Series. I love that just series. Just a great. Yep. Just Burt Reynolds in his heyday with that. He's the only person I'll ever say this about, but that glorious mustache. <laughs> Any other time, a mustache will make me. You're on the same page as my wife. I'm sorry, can't do it. But yeah. Burt Reynolds. I tell you what, too, like that is a movie. What's a mustache ride? I mean, <laughs> that is that is a movie. It's funny. Um, last week I posted our Christmas episode from last week because it's July mm-hmm. and Christmas, and you made that reference in that episode. By the way, what reference? Mustache ride. No. Yep. <laughs> Ben was talking about Santa going down on Mummy, and you're like, who doesn't love a mustache, right? Um, wow, but, yeah. what a callback. Smokey <laughs> and the Bandit is a movie, I'm legitimate when I say this, we quote it at least every week in our house. Good. Because I will call the kids tick turds, and that's, you know, <laughs> the sheriff going down tick turd. Um, t- uh, anyway, glorious film, love it. Same, absolutely. And um, I don't even know if I have any business finishing it off this way, but I needed something rom commy, so I went with a good old uh, um, with a knife and uh, went with Sweet Home Alabama. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I doubt anyone would have stuck around for that one. They would have left early. Probably, but it's a nice, light-hearted, fun, cute little movie and Melanie Linsky is just Melanie Linsky she's amazing Reese Witherspoon the Josh Lucas yeah he's all right Mm, okay I'm mainly in it for the female characters in that one they're sassy and I love it awesome there we go yeah what a melodramatic uh finale to that segment (laughs) 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 Uh, well (laughs) 
Um, what else? There's not there's not been a lot of movie news around lately. No, no. Um, but speaking of rom coms, I did yeah. just finish watching a rom com today. Um, a Charlie Day and Jenny Slate mm. one called "I Want You Back." Ah, uh, yes, um, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's it's all right. Yeah, it has a nice <laughs> formula. Well, thanks for telling me. <laughs> it's cute. It's really cute. I watched it for Charlie Day. Yeah. Um, and uh, Scott Eastwood is not not bad to look at in okay. this movie. Okay. Um, you do get a but a bit of butt action, and it's very nice. You know, um, if you go back through the history of Wednesday Up Late, is it just no, me talking about butts? <laughs> nobody objectifies people quite like you do. Like I, I, I don't know. objectify the women, but I you know. certainly objectify the men. Well, I mean. I'm paying them compliments because they deserve them and they work hard for them. So, see, do you know the amount of like criticism I would get if I was, you know, to behave like you? <laughs> go, f- go for gold, man. I mean, if I worked on myself the way that some of these actresses work on me, I would expect <laughs> bloody comments. Uh... I'm working hard for it. You compliment me, you know? <laughs> Ain't no judgment here, fella. Ain't no judgment here. Anyway, it was a cute little movie, it was very yeah. nice. Um, probably wouldn't go back and rewatch it. Um, Jenny Slate kind of has the same effect on me as Sarah Silverman. Um, oh, chalk yeah. on a chalkboard. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, I'm not going to objectify her. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's their voices. It just, uh, it gets... Their voices and their opinions. They can fuck off. Yeah, don't know. They they have the kind of <laughs> same effect on me. But yeah, other than that, it was a nice little movie that you could have on in the background. Okay, I can guarantee you I won't watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Not the way you sold it. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it was, was fine. It was all right. It was fine. <laughs> Not get on it, people. No, no. no. <laughs> what you should get on, there is an awesome new um, kids movie. Mm-hmm kids tween movie called what's it called hang on i've got it in my notes here <laughs> no it's just it's got a funny name nimona nimona it's kind of got hey, this nimona nimona we both went in different directions okay <laughs> it's um kind of done in the same sort of style as uh the mitchells and the machines yep um the kind of sketchy animation. It's mm-hmm. really cool. And it's about this girl. She wants to be a sidekick. The whole world is like a kingdom, but it's mm-hmm. a modern day kingdom. So they have phones, they have screens, all that kind of stuff, but there are still knights and castles and queens mm-hmm. and all that cool. kind of stuff. And she's kind of like a shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. And she's a little bit unhinged, not a little bit, she's a lot unhinged. And all she wants to do is be a sidekick to this one knight who this disgraced um, night and she gets she shapeshifts into like rhinos and animals and this and that and the other and she can shapeshift into other people and it's really cute and my kids were wetting themselves <laughs> laughing the whole time watching that's it that's all that matters and I really enjoyed it as well so Nimona go get on that it's actually really I I rate it I rate I'm more, it I'm more likely to watch that one also yeah it's a really good one <laughs> pop that on your list groovy done done what's done ne- done what's next what's next New game, new game alert. <laughs> nope. Okay. I'll just no. I'll just sample that. I was leaving you enough air that I could cut it and sample it every <laughs> week. We are going to play a new game mm. called "How many can you name?" 
And basically, the whole premise is we're going to spit out a director, an actor, this, that, or the other, and we have to rattle off as many as we can name of projects that they have done. Correct? Oh yeah, that's absolutely correct. I dread right. the fuck out of this one, though. Because, Me too. You know, every time it comes to just, you know, how many can you think of, I can never think of any on this specific show. Like, I could be anywhere else in conversation and it's not a problem, and yet... Mm-hmm. When the pressure you put here. on the spot, I know oh, I'm exactly the same. <sighs> um, I've tried to give you some good sort of easy ones. Oh, well, you so... don't have to do that, but well, no, just to ease ourselves in. I okay. didn't want to make it too tricky okay. and flunk the freaking game on the first night. Well, when I'm playing games with girls, I like to ease my way in, so let's do it. It's always preferred, yes. <laughs> Slow and steady wins the race. Okay. Um, so how many can you name, Glenn? I'm going to shoot the first one out at you. <laughs> John Hughes. John Hughes. Okay. Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, are we talking ones he wrote as well? Whatever you want. Okay. Great They're Outdoors. his projects. Home Alone 1, 2, 3. Um, we've got Career Opportunities. We've got Baby's Day Out. We have got Reach the Rock. We've got Nate and Hayes. We've got... I mean, you're like almost at 15 now. I think you've knocked that out of the park. <laughs> no, aren't we playing? Aren't we scoring? Keep going. How many am I up to? 15? Yep. Oh, what? I think. <laughs> Go. Keep going. <laughs> and now I've lost my train of thought. Fucking hell. Shit. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> what else he's done? He's directed more. How am I not thinking of that? Uh, Curly Sue. Mm. That movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. That one. Uh, Dutch. Um, on old oh Flubber, and I'll leave it at that. Eighteen. Oh, is it though? I'll have to. I'll have to count it when I edit. It's around there. So we're not going to I'll give who, you 18. We're not going to know who wins this until I I know. Edit. And I completely forgot that we were scoring. <laughs> <laughs> 18. Wow. I think uh, it doesn't feel like that was 18, but okay, cool. That's pretty bloody good, man. Thanks. <laughs> I'm not going to get anything close to that. Okay. Well, this person hasn't made that many movies, so... <laughs> How many can Set you name? Me up to fail. Ready? <laughs> yep. How many can you name? Wes Anderson. Oh, none. <laughs> oh, what? I thought you were all over Wes Anderson. No. <laughs> can you, how many can you name? Um, there's one with that guy that has the big <laughs> nose and the eyebrows. Um, he looks like Adrian Brody, but he's not Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody's in heaps Bird, of Anderson movies. Birdman? Is Birdman no. one? No. Ooh. Ooh. no. <laughs> Not off to a good start. Um, no. Um, uh, I can see them in There's my There's a new brain. one coming out like in a couple of weeks. Asteroid City? The French Dispatch? Royal Tenenbaums? Bottle Rocket? Oh, I know that one. Moonrise uh, Kingdom? No. Life Aquatic with Steve Suzu. No. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Isle of Dogs. Oh, I think I've seen like five minutes of that. Okay. All right. Well, that was a fizzer, wasn't it? That was bad. That was <laughs> no, bad. That's, that's, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoulder that one because I didn't know that you weren't across Wes Anderson. Otherwise, I wouldn't. No. 
no, no. I know his style and I you know see... his kind of his signature and yeah. his look. Okay. But I've never taken the time to You'll kind see of... from the, the rest of the ones I've got that that's clearly what I was doing. I was trying to throw one at you that you might be able to cover. Okay. That, oh, that no, didn't I happen. Just, I just threw a piece of paper in my coffee. I haven't finished the coffee. I thought it was an empty <laughs> mug. Oh, damn it. Mmm, protein. All right. All right. Oh, well, Your yeah, next one? <clears throat> yeah, All I'm right. still scared. Okay, still how scared. many can you name Jim Carrey? <laughs> Jim Carrey's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> Do you just in fairness, would you like um would you like me to throw Jim Carrey at you and you throw a different one at me? Yeah, otherwise... let me pick let me pick a different one for All you. Right. Let's do <laughs> Let's do Paul Rudd. Oh, that's hard. Okay. Um Halloween six, wet hot American summer, role models, um, Ant Man one two three. Uh Paul Rudd is in Ghostbusters Afterlife. If we're counting the new one, Ghostbusters Firehouse, upcoming. Uh, is he in that? Yeah, he is. Okay. Um. Uh, what's the one? This is forty. Yep. And what was the one before that? Um, knocked up. Anchorman. Anchorman two. Forty-year-old <laughs> virgin. I'll leave it there. Thirteen. Thirteen, and he did so many like oh, he did like early career like Clueless and shit like that. I was gonna say, yeah, you miss Clueless. Yeah, I know. Bugger. Good. No, you're really good at this game. Oh, <laughs> no, you know what? I'm, uh, so the frame of mind I'm taking here is I'm trying to make this a casual conversation. I'm trying to like just uh-huh. pretend that you've just asked me a question. We're we're sitting at a picnic table at Comic Con eating chips, and you just asked me that question. Yeah, like, yeah. it's the easiest way to go about it. So yeah, okay. How many can okay. you can carry? <laughs> Ace Ventura one, Ace Ventura two, Dumb and Dumb and one, Dumb and Dumb and two, <laughs> <laughs> Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, liar, liar. You're looking uh, at the screen. I'm not. Oh, it looks like you're reading. No, no, no. I'm looking just okay. up into the distance because I'm trying to think. <laughs> I swear to you. I swear okay, to you. I'm competitive. I'm I'm not a cheater. <laughs> um, What did I leave off with? Liar, liar. Uh, oh, see, this is where my mind is going blank now. Um, <laughs> oh, Far out. Um, the Grinch. Oh, I think I'm tapped. This is so embarrassing. Cable guy. Oh, cable guy. Yeah, no, I've I've fizzed now. Eight isn't bad. It's not great. No, it's not, but it's all right. It's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> hey, not It'll as embarrassing come to as me later. Every other week, I'm the one that humiliates myself <laughs> on this, so this fucking feels great. Oh, oh no. What happened? Oh. I thought something popped out. I did. Technical missed out. <laughs> Ratings. Uh, talk about being banned from TikTok. All right. Uh, how many can you name Seth Rogen? Oh, that's a horrible one. Okay. Super bad. Uh, 
one. I've got one in mind and it's, I want to get it before any others. What's the Paul Blart style one? Observe and report. Um, knocked up. Sausage party. And oh, I should know so many of this guy's freaking films. We'll go, this is the end. And we will do <laughs> what's that horrible one he just did? A long shot. He did long shot. Um the one with Eddie Murphy recently was the fucking worst film of the year. What was that? Can't oh. remember. Um Yeah, I can't even remember that. No. Oh, I'm blanking out here. I'm blanking out and I really shouldn't. Um I'll just leave it at that. Six. Yeah. All right. Not too bad. Pineapple uh, Express. Yeah, I know. Super like, bad. There's so many I could have gone for, but um, oh yeah, that fucking Christmas one they did the night after, oh, the night before, night with before. um Joseph Gordon Levitt. Levitt. Yeah, I quite liked that movie yeah, actually. It's a now good that movie. you bring that up, yeah. yeah, I put it on just like expecting it to be like mm, okay. It was really good. I, I really liked, liked it. I like that brand of movie. Office Christmas Party was another good uh-huh. one. Um, just the ones where they're like on a just a, a drunken quest or something like that. Yep. You know, yeah, they're the best. Harold and Kuma, love yeah, it. that kind of stuff. Sure. Love it. All right. How many? Oh, no, it's my turn. Yeah. How many can you name Melissa McCarthy? Ooh. Does Gilmore Girls count? Uh, <laughs> all right. So um, Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one with Kristen Bell. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, oh, my God. Bridesmaids. <laughs> Why am I blanking? There's one with Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Identity thief. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh my god, she's made so many. I know it's so much easier when you throw the question because I'm just rattling them off in my brain. And... Yeah, they're in your head, yeah. and they're not in any of mine. That's all right. Any of your head? They're what? <laughs> <laughs> they're in your head, but they're not in any of mine. What's in your head? Um, it's not in my head. McCarthy, McCarthy, McCarthy. Nah, I'm I'm blind. Ah, the one you were thinking of is uh, the heat. The heat. Yeah. Yes. And then you got the boss. The boss. That's you the got, one with Kristen Bell. You got Tammy. Oh yeah, I don't think I've seen that she one. She was in the life of David Gale, that Kevin Spacey movie from all those years ago, like. Oh. Yeah, no. I fuck. This is harder when you Yeah, I to I'm, think look, of it. I'm I'm really enjoying this game. I'm enjoying the process of doing it with you, but I just I I wonder how it sounds to listen to. <laughs> We're going to see, aren't we? Yeah, drop us a comment people if you're listening. Are, people um, are probably screaming at us. Oh, for sure. That doesn't bother <laughs> me, but it's just like is it like cuz there's a lot of silence in between, so anyway. try and cut it in between. No, I'm not going to do that. Edit it. <laughs> All right, your last one. Mm. How many can you name Julia Roberts? Julia Roberts. Okay, let's go. Mystic Pizza, Still Magnolias, Pretty Woman, Oceans 11, 12, 13. Uh, we've got Erin Brockovich, uh, My Best Friend's Wedding, Runaway Bride. Uh, we've got Eat, Pray, Love. We've got, oh, what's one with the daughter? What's one with the daughter? Uh, We've got some. Oh, <laughs> fuck. I'm going blank now. 
when you stop to think of one, you lose track of all the others. Flatliners. And Oh, she's the original of that. Yeah, leave it at that. Uh, Flatliners yeah. is just one of the great modern gothic thrillers of all time. It's just a I tried to watch like this like they put out Flatliners, like the newer one. Yeah, it's shit. I got so bored. No, I, I hate that you've I done that away. because um it kind of it does kind of tar the original a bit. But the original, I think, is so up your alley. I think you really love it. It's a, it's like a Brat Pack movie. Like yeah. it's that it's well, you know, Julie, yeah, Julie Roberts, Sutherland, Keith Sutherland and... Oliver Platt and mm. um Kevin Bacon and Billy Baldwin and oh yeah. it's just so good. And it's yeah. I, w- I watched the newest one because it's got Diego Luna in it and uh, I terrible. love him. And it's yeah, I was just like, this is piece of shit. I, mean, I, I went to... in I mean I don't like remakes and I went into that one not only hating remakes but hating the fact that they were remaking this particular movie. Mm-hmm. Like it was just garbage anyway. Yeah. Completely fair. All right, you got one for me? I do. How many can you name? Robin Williams. Oh, Flubber. Um Good Morning Vietnam. Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh Patch Adams. Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> Fuck my life. Um, <laughs> uh, Jumanji. Um, uh, this is so frustrating. <laughs> I cannot believe it really how is. frustrating this is because you know you're a super uh-huh. fan mm-hmm. and like you can't even sit here and rattle off these fucking movies that mm-hmm. he's been in. Yeah. Um, I can't. I can't think okay. of anything else. Two, three, four, five. Six of them is not too bad. Six. I um I'm impressed that the second one you said was Good Morning Vietnam. Like fantastic go to there. Love that movie. That was I think one of the f- one of the first movies that Mum introduced me to for Robin Williams was is, Good Morning like, Vietnam. Not only does that movie pretty much showcase every one of his abilities, right? Not a comic, com- uh, comedic, I should say, um, dramatic, but it's the only movie I can think of where he gets upstaged by another actor. When? The little guy that runs the bar. Oh, yeah. And he, he yeah, says, yeah. he talks about his shiny green suit. <laughs> Funnier than anything Rob Williams has said in the film. Why is that good? Uh, it's a great movie. And when I wouldn't get up for school, mum would bust in the door and go, it's been so long since I've seen that movie. I definitely need to revisit, actually. I oh, love it, love it. And if you do, and if you do, <laughs> I can quote it all night. I'm not going to. I was going to say, you look a little crazy. You do. <laughs> Far out. Um, awesome. That was. A, I don't know how that game went. I enjoyed Oof. it, but um, I do want to do rough, it again. But maybe. Like. We, yeah. Maybe we. <laughs> well, you told me to go in easy, but I'm sorry, it was rough. <laughs> no, no, it was easy. That's the thing. But it's like you're in that moment. You're like, wow, I look like a fucking idiot. Don't I'm just, I? <laughs> I'm just going to address the audience. Yes, she did. She did really miss that joke, and uh, it's disappointing. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> At the start of the game, I said I was going to go in easy, and then at the end, we came out rough. Anyway, never uh, mind. Well, it, it builds. I'm trying to save it. I can't no, save it. <laughs> moving on. It. Moving on. Oh, oh no! Oh no! Uh, what do you? I mean, I don't. I don't want to get into too much controversy, but like, what do you make of this whole fucking Disney Snow White bullshit that's going on? 
What bullshit? Tell me. Well, the controversy, like it's blowing up all over the, the place at the moment. Disney are just not doing anything right at the moment. And that that sort of bleeds into the um the rider strike and all that, which I'll, I'll talk mm. about in a minute. But uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, like photos have leaked from the set, right? And they've replaced all the dwarfs with other grown-ass humans and they're diverse, oh. right? So you've got there's a woman in there. You got like a tall sort of black guy. You got it's just like a very diverse. And there's one, there's one little guy in there, right? Okay. And suddenly, a whole lot of, um, but some are saying like that's obviously them trying to just keep on the woke train that they've been on for the last ten years or whatever. Mm. But then you've got these like um these groups of uh actual dwarfs saying, well, no, they that this if there was one movie that was for us, it is this one. And this is what I'm talking about, right? By trying to diversify, it is already diverse in the fact that apart from like Game of Thrones or something, you don't see a whole lot of roles for actors that That's have, right. I can't even dwarfism. remember. The, dwarfism. Dwarfism. There is a name for it and I wish I remembered it right now, but I don't. But there's there's seven roles. Yeah. Right there yep. that could create opportunities exactly. for these actors. Exactly. And but, you're gonna fuck that up. What? Yep. Well, they would they would like anyway, we won't go into why they've done it, but it, they've done it. It's not surprising at all, but quite rightfully so that it's called Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Like it mm-hmm. should be dwarfs, but they're they're not gonna be called dwarfs in the film, like they're just Snow White and the Seven Workers or something like that. But the other controversy, which I don't care about as much, but I do understand is the fact that it's the the lead actress is the the chick from um West Side Story. What's her name? Do you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know I know he um the, Yep. Yeah, uh, something not Zygler. Um anyway. Cabello? In in the Heights as well? Cabello? Camilla Cabello? No, no, not Camilla. No. Cabello. Anyway, the the point being she's a Latino actress, right? Which mm-hmm. is not a problem, but Snow White is named after the complexity of her skin, the complexion mm-hmm. of her skin. This is a brown skinned person. So she's no mm-hmm. longer Snow White. So right. you're not actually making Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in any way, shape, or capacity now. Like it's it's really confusing and yeah, look, they just need to stop with the remakes in general and start making some original content. Because let's face it, this Gen Z we we're talking about before is growing up only knowing remakes. Yeah. Superhero movies. They don't know original content anymore. And mm-hmm. they think things like this are just the best. When in historical context of cinema, they're actually the worst. Compared to, yeah, exactly. Compared to everything else that we've got to witness in this whole need to get out so much content and try and make it better than the rest. It's actually just, it's yeah. hurting. It and, really is hurting. And that's one thing that the 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 CEO of Disney did say a couple of weeks ago is that the reason Disney are failing so much at the moment is because of the amount of content they're putting out, particularly television. Like yeah. they're just diluting the 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 cinemascape, right? There's do too much on offer. Do we need more Marvel TV yeah. shows? No. But do we need more Star Wars TV shows? Absolutely not. But, do we oh. need something unique and interesting <laughs> to give these writers who are on strike opportunities to showcase their work? Absolutely. Well, I mean, the the whole writer strike, the whole thing behind the writer strike is more. Every time there is a shift in technology in Hollywood, there is a writer strike and a quite often an actor strike as well, which is rightfully so. So the last big one that they did together was when VHS came along, right? Or mm-hmm. video home video, because what it did was suddenly there's a new revenue stream, which was home video, mm-hmm. but there was nothing written in contract that said that the actors get royalty. benefit from yeah, it, right? Yeah. So they had to do that, and now it's the same with streaming. Streaming's come along, and AI is coming along, you know, which can um, really screw some people over in perpetuity. So they're 
rightfully protesting. What is so rank here? And I'm going to just give you a stat just to leave with people to think about. Um, Bob Iger, I've mentioned him a few times, the head of Disney. He's come out criticizing them, saying they've been unreasonable in their demands. Now, let's just think about that. Here's something to compare. The average writer in Hollywood, the average writer, because don't forget, not every writer in Hollywood is a big name. Like They're mostly mm-hmm. not. The average income is $65,000 a year. Yeah. Right? Bob Iger's uh, income is $700 million a year. So he's making per day more than they make in a year. That's like, disgusting. It is. And whereas it's if you, disgusting. If you go back as little as 30 years ago, that was way more balanced. It was more like he was making $30 million a year as opposed to $700 million a year, right? Which is reasonable. I think when you're a CEO, you you should be earning more, but not when it's so fucking out of kilter. Anyway, we won't go political, but that's something that's related to cinema. Um, you know, yeah, absolutely. Gross. Thank you for that stat. It's disgusting. I yes. hate it so and much. To, and to come out swinging, saying they're being unreasonable, like fuck off. Like Disney right now yeah. have a monopoly on the entire whole um, system, and they're squeezing the life out of it. Um, Mark Ruffalo was quite right when he's gotten onto social media and he's encouraging all of the big A-list Hollywood actors to abandon Hollywood and make independent films now. Good. Yes, yep. absolutely. Yep. Because Absolutely. Bring while, back actual fucking cinema. Even while the writer strike is on, uh, it doesn't affect movies that are made for less than $2 million, right? So uh-huh. all of these A-listers could buy go, or buy, like forego a, a wage, make one independent film each, which gives it instant platform because their names mm-hmm. attached to it. Suddenly, we've got a whole new Hollywood system. We've got new kinds of films coming out. Disney can get fucked. Anyway. Just once again, Mark Ruffalo being amazing <laughs> and cool. throwing out those awesome suggestions. Oh, let's let's push on, though, because I think this what a good fact. way over time, eh? Well, it's a good fact, and that leads us into our next segment anyway to finish us off for truth or false. <laughs> True or false for those that actually care about English language? <laughs> I don't. No. <laughs> um, it's only the language I speak. We are going to play truth or false. We've played this many times before. Mm-hmm. Um, the premise is simple. Let's have at it. All right. I've got something up my nose. I don't know what it is. And it looks like I've been doing coke or something. because I just Boogers. Keep... It's not boogers. Oh. Boogers. <laughs> yeah, thanks, mum. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to go first, okay? Sure. I'm going to shoot one at you. See if you can catch it. So Christopher Mintz Place, who played Fogel or mm-hmm. McLovin in mm-hmm. Superbad, had to have his mum on set during sex during his sex scene in Superbad. I'm gonna say true. It is true. He was only 17 years old <laughs> and his mum had to be present for his sex scene. <laughs> How awkward. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine? Well, I mean, at the same time, he's getting up and close and personal with a lady. <laughs> I would die. Yeah. I would die. <laughs> well, there we go. All right. True or false. Samuel L. Jackson had a small role as a detective in the flashback sequence of Reservoir Dogs. Ooh, true. Absolutely false. Really? It was an actor called Randy Brooks who has been in oh. the X-Files and other things, but the script was written for Samuel L. Jackson to do that role. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I figured, I figured he's like, you got I thought he'd be, I, there's something in my eye. I've been something like nose and there's something in your eye. What is going on here? I don't know. There's something in my eye. 
Um, We've just got a title for the show. Excellent. I just, <laughs> burgers. I just thought, seeing as how, you know, Samuel L. Jackson is in all of sort of Tarantino stuff, he had to be in it. Yeah. But I was enough. wrong. Fair enough. I was wrong. Bum, bum. Um, okay. The Catalina wine mixer was a real event <laughs> that happened yearly when the producers of um, Step Brothers approached the event with their intentions. They were such big Will Ferrell fans that they jumped at the opportunity. Oh, I am. I don't know the answer to this. I'm going to take an educated guess and say it's true simply because Will Ferrell is a wine connoisseur in real life. It's so false. It's not even funny. Really? The ca- fucking Catalina wine mixer was actually created for the movie. Ah. And then it was so popular that they actually turned it into a real thing that's been going on since like 2015. And is Will Ferrell behind that? Because I know he makes wine and he travels. Like he was in the Yarra Valley like not long ago. Oh, really? Story. Yeah. Doing yeah. Wine I don't tasting. think he's behind it. I think okay. it's just something that has sprung up from this, but it is the Fucking Catalina wine That's great. Mixer. Great stuff. Great stuff. All right. True or false? Jim Carrey is in a Dirty Harry movie. Oh. I really want that to be true. <laughs> I really do. I'm going to say it's true. It is true. He's in the Deadpool 1988, which is the final Harry uh, Dirty Harry film. Um, and that was only no like a couple way. of years before he did. A couple of years before he did Ace Ventura. No way! Yeah, he was actually before Ace Ventura. He had made quite a few films. Um, he was the lead actor in Once Bitten with Lauren Hutton. Like, um, wow. you know, yeah, yeah. I did know he'd done a few things, but he didn't kind of blow up until yeah, until course, Ace, Ventura. Ace Ventura. Yeah, but yeah, that's so cool that he was in a Dirty Harry movie. I love that. Yeah, I love the Dirty Harry series. They're fantastic. Yes. Mm. All right. So before filming the infamous sword fighting scene in The Princess Bride, Elwes and Patinkin learned each other's choreography. Well, that's got to be true because, no. All right. I'd say that's got to be true because otherwise you can't stage a fight on screen. However, if they want the fight to be a bit more unpredictable, they wouldn't. So I'm going to say false. It's actually true. I meant true. (laughs) You heard me, everyone. They had to, they were actually like contractually obliged to learn each other's choreography in case well, just to kind of eliminate accidents because they were actual, like, sword fighting. So well, that's what I was getting at in the first place. Mm. Like, you can't stage anything unless you know the other person's moves. Right. I thought maybe to add some chaos to the mix, they wouldn't have. But okay. I know. That that makes sense as well as learning each other's choreo- choreography. But, yeah. And I'm pretty sure um, Patinkin learnt it, like, left-handed as yeah. well. Yeah. Sweet, yeah. sweet. Fucking Patinkin is so cool. Patinkin. And he's on the front line of the writer strike right now. Good. Um, okay, so true or false, Keanu Reeves was nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for his role in I Love You to Death. Oh, Movies false. In the late 80s. You want false? Yep. Yeah, it's false. <laughs> God for that. But, but he is one of the best things about the film. I've never great. heard of it, but oh, I great. I w- agree with you because Lawrence Kasdan, the guy that wrote um, Empire Strikes Back, he made the big chill. He wrote this film, and it's got um, Kevin Klein and oh, it's the, oh wow, yeah, it's a big ensemble cast, and then Keanu Reeves oh, is one, of, one oh. of many. So good, look it up. So good. Um, all right, the baby's name in Knocked Up ends up being Magnolia. I don't fucking know. False. Correct. 
Okay. It's not actually stated in the movie what they call the baby. Mm-hmm. However, in the credits, the baby is listed as Stephanie. So where did Magnolia come from? Don't know. Just picked it. Oh, that's an interesting was, name to go with. I think I was had just come off the writing the Julia Roberts thing for How Many Can You Name <laughs> and just went with Magnolia for some reason. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> True or false? Roald Dahl wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, that seems like something that he would write. It's pretty f- fucked up. And he does write some pretty fucked up stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm going to say false that it wasn't written by him, but I'm going to say that it was written with the inspiration of his work. Okay. Well, there's a lot of, there's a, no, there's a lot of ambiguity on this one. I'm going to say technically you're wrong. Okay. This was an interesting one because it was co-written. So it's not based on any book he wrote, but he wrote mm-hmm. the screenplay. Okay. But he wrote it based on work by and with Ian Fleming of James Bond fame. Oh, interesting. So Roald Dahl and Ian Fleming are behind uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Chitty Bang Bang. Oh. We love you. Oh. Hi, ho, pretty Chitty Bang Bang. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang loves us too. <laughs> All I know, like I've seen uh, that movie a million times, I reckon, but Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's all I imagine him. Chitty. Oh, you bitch, I was about to go for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, goodness. What a fun, <laughs> fun evening. Well, thank you, Glenn and everyone, for joining us for a whole nother week. Uh, please don't forget to go to our socials and subscribe and check us out. We're on Facebook and YouTube and Newsly um, as podcasts. So, yeah, please awesome. go check us out. And okay. Have a, good, have a good night. All right. I'm going to pull out now. Thanks, Chloe. <laughs> Do it. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs>